This episode of The Fleabag Situation is brought to you by Tiny Batteries. You know, everyone loves to celebrate all the things that use big batteries. Flashlights, boomboxes, Geiger counters. But when you think about it, everything good in life is powered by tiny batteries. From your remote control, to your clock radio, to your, well, you know. Tiny batteries prove that good things really do come in small packages. Don't get caught empty-handed on your next trip. Stock up on tiny batteries today. You'll be very glad you did. Father! Father, we have a cupcake situation over here! Okay, Pam, I will be there to cupcake. Hey, everybody. We're back with episode four of The Fleabag Situation. I'm Chrissy Moore. I'm Allie Lemko-Torin. And uh, full disclosure, we are recording episodes three and four back to back. So uh, we actually don't have any major... We don't know if any major Fleabag news happened this week, like if Phoebe was knighted or Andrew Scott was like photographed snuggling a koala bear or something. But both of those things honestly probably did They might. They probably have happened. And everybody has already been talking about it for days. Old news. This is old news, everybody. Uh, one thing we do know is that the Emmy Awards are a week from Sunday on September 22nd. And we actually have kind of uh, ignored this topic. Uh, we need to get caught up. So they got 11 nominations, which is really impressive, especially considering season one got zero. Yeah. But it, uh, I mean, season two really is just incredibly special. And I almost feel like they need a separate category. Like it needs its own honorary Tromedy. Emmy. Best Tromedy. Or it should be like when Hamilton was nominated at the Tonys and every show was just like, well, just we're coming for the free booze because we we know we're losing. Right. Like I feel like that needs to be what Fleabag should be, if only. But Veep but, just hasn't has. But Veep just happens to be in it. Has, yeah. Okay, I can't talk. But Veep had its last season. Right. And Julie Louis Dreyfus is amazing. Maisel. So there's TV's I, too good. There's too much TV. I call it peak TV, Allie. It is peak TV. No, everybody calls it that. Just you. There is, it, it really is kind of um, a great problem to have. Yes, it that is. That there's too much quality television. Absolutely. It's also funny to remember when, like, the idea of even just the Cable Awards was such a joke. Do you remember the Cable Ace Awards? No. Or were you, because. Uh, I just don't. Back in, like, the 80s and maybe into the 90s, that was, like, the Cable Emmys. And it was literally, like. <laughs> Like, like it's Kristen Scott, time. it was like the child, children's table of television award. <laughs> it was like worse than a People's Choice Award. Oh, it just really was lame. And now the fact that the network shows are barely yeah. represented. Yeah. That it's, it's all Netflix, all, Amazon. Not even just cable. Yeah. It's all streaming. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty incredible. Uh, I saw an interview with that one I saw with uh, Phoebe from season one talking about it. And she was really just kind of praising how a company like Amazon not only helped fund it, I mean, say, you know, let's default that there are say problems with Amazon. Amazon. Yes. <laughs> Amazon Prime Video. She said not only did they give them the budget, but they also just gave them total freedom. And we're just like, Which we trust you. Dream. And just go do it. And that's why so many of these creators are, are moving over there now. Totally. So. They knew what they were doing. Right. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> Be creative. All right. So we wanted to just kind of talk through the nominations that they have and kind of wager if we think what they what they could win of course we'd love to see them sweep but we need to be realistic these are, i think are just in alphabetical order off of the emmys website um outstanding casting oh olivia scott webb outstanding directing for a comedy series harry bradbeer and this yes. was for, i saw somewhere else they submitted episode one the dinner uh, yeah of season two yeah which a lot of people are saying is like a perfect episode of it's television golden. 
there was a Twitter thread going around of like name a perfect episode of, of television. A lot of people were naming this. Mm-hmm. Outstanding single camera picture editing, Gary Dahlner. I I can't see here who the other nominees are, but I would really love to see him win this. Well, and it's I normally, editing is so part of it. It's, it's just... such a part of it. It's such a hallmark of the show, especially yeah. that episode. And I've I have to confess, I've never watched the Emmys desperate to see who's going to win for best picture editing. You never have? But I'm really genuinely, I think this might be one of the um, Creative Arts Emmys. I was going to say, do they actually give that This is probably the week before the Creative the, Arts Emmys, yeah. which I think runs on F- FXX oh, okay. in the US. I'm not sure about, um, or in the UK. Yeah. And then somebody named Phoebe Waller-Bridge is nominated for Outstanding <laughs> Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. She is probably going to lose to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Which makes sense. Like, which, of course, makes sense. It's her last season on V. Right. She's a legend. Has she already... Bro- I think this she... would break her record of most Emmys oh, won by a single damn. actor. I think Cloris Leachman yeah. has it previously, and I think... Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. And both Northwestern alums. Go Cats. Uh, They're I'll, just like you. We're basically all best friends. <laughs> we sit together at the games. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Um, Sean Clifford got uh, nominated for Claire, yes. and then Olivia Coleman also got nominated for Godmother. So I think in this one, they're talking about Alex Borstein winning for Maisel. Yeah. Who is very funny on that and she show. She won last Emmys for She Maisel did. Too, yeah. yeah. Do you watch Maisel? Yeah. Do I? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's about the 60s. It's a Jewish family in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's about comedy. Yeah. Just checks all my boxes. That's true. I should have. Uh, Come on. That was a dumb question. Actually, is it 50s or 60s? I think it's like late 50s, early okay. 60s. Yeah. It, I don't Close think. enough. I think it's late. It's I don't a think, period. I think it's late fifties. Cool. Did you hear about the Emmy stunt that they did in LA? No. So Amazon has had a little bit of a tricky thing because they're promoting both Maisel and Fleabag yeah. for Emmys, but they did it. And so in LA, they had the pop-up cafe. The oh pop-up yeah. The Hillary's guinea pig cafe. cafe yeah. Uh, which a friend of mine went to. Oh. And had some, they actually had real guinea pigs that you could adopt. <gasps> oh, that's nice. Super cute. Are there like rescue guinea pigs? They were. They were oh. like from a shelter or something. Oh. And then, so they did that. That was their their fleabag um kind of event and then they did a thing called mazel day where they partnered with like 30 different com- 30 different businesses across la and amazon subsidized for them to charge 1959 prices just for the day oh damn so you could go to like like dry bar and get a blowout for like four dollars seriously loaf and of then, bread for five cents it was it was like that like wow. sandwich shops you could get something for like 25 cents or oh, something that's fun but they actually ran into a problem because someone thought it'd be a good idea to do that at a gas station <gasps> and they had 30 cent a gallon gas oh and of God. course they had to like the police had what? to shut it down because there's a line a crazy the line. crazy line <gasps> i think they were close to like running out of gas it was insane yeah that's come on think a little that was ahead, kind of a guys. little maybe someone at amazon wasn't quite thinking <laughs> otherwise though <laughs> get your Hair yeah, well, and the, there it was like a four-hour wait to get something oh, I'm sure. done, or like nail salons were, and then I think a lot of them were just handing out gift certificates, like if you couldn't get in. Uh, um, that's a cute so idea. So it was really super smart, and I think a great indication of how much money Amazon. Oh my god, they're has. just literally giving it away. Practice, yeah. So um, anyway, so they're pushing strong for Maisel, and Alex Borstein is hilarious oh, yeah, on that. I, I wouldn't mind, but I would love to see I, of the two. I'd actually love to see Sean Clifford. Yeah, win. because Olivia Coleman already has her Oscar. She has an Oscar. We, I mean, she's she's brilliant. But, she's amazing. But Sean She'll Clifford's have... like this is her breakout totally. role. You know, she yeah. stole. She almost stole the show. You I'm, know, I'm really just thrilled. She. It's such an honor that she got nominated. <laughs> but in a way, I think that is kind of if she doesn't win, that's her recognition. Yeah, it is because she was such a critical kind of like almost dark horse on the show. Yeah. That and she didn't get it 
any recognition in the first season. So no, and nobody did. Yeah. Nothing. So that was that was great. And then actually Fiona Shaw, who played the um, the counselor. Oh no, I'm I'm taking I'm getting ahead of myself. So outstanding guest actress in a comedy series, Fiona Shaw for playing the counselor. Yeah. And Kristen, I have dry forearms. I have dry forearms. I hope she's okay. <laughs> I hope the lotion worked. Yeah. Uh, we Chris, can only hope. Kristen Scott Thomas as Belinda, also nominated. I think she's going to win. Yeah. I guess the other per, kind of projection on one of the, on Hollywood Reporter was that Jane Lynch would win for Maisel. I think I she was, too. did she win last year? I don't know. I feel like she may have. I it's fine. It's a yeah. fine performance and it's a, you know, I guess a fitting character for that era, but she's kind of like the old timey, like plays like comedian. The, yeah. Comedian plays this like, like the housewife Queens. character. Yeah. yeah. Even though she's actually like super refined. Posh, and, yeah. yeah. But Fiona Shaw is also nominated for best supporting actress in a drama for killing Eve. Oh, so she uses she, her in both shows. Yeah. So she digs her. Okay, she had cool. her, right. She was on killing Eve first and then oh, she brought her over for this. Okay. Then, uh, so I think Kristen Scott Thomas is going to win because that was such a standout scene from yeah. the whole show. Everybody was quoting it. It was perfectly written, perfectly acted. Yeah. And done and done. And I think people, it was kind of fun to see Kristen Scott Thomas. We haven't seen her in a while, at least here. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be great for her to win. And then Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series, um, Phoebe for episode Obviously, one. yeah. I think she could win that too. I do too because that, I mean, you know. I think that will make up for them not winning best comedy series okay. because I think Veep is probably going to win. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, you saw an article that said it was like a three-way tie kind of right yeah, now. Yeah, between Veep, Maisel, and Fleabag. In terms of like odds, like yeah. Vegas odds, yeah. literally. I would, I mean, I'm hosting a show would called you, The Fleabag would you like Situation. That? I would love to see like? Fleabag win. I think it could happen, possibly. Yeah. I think it is kind of like Dark Horse. I think a lot of um, people in Hollywood are, are watching it and talking about it and kind of, but Veep, uh, because it's, it's Veep is all over the place. It's, it was also, it's, it's last season. Everybody, everybody loves Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. What I could see is that Julie Louis-Dreyfus wins for best actress. And that's the recognition of the show. And I could also see Tony Hale winning supporting Yeah, because he kind of, that last episode, did you watch? I know I don't. Yeah. I, I won't give anything away, but he, he played a critical role at the end. Yeah. So, and I don't think he had been, He's won before for okay. it. He might have. I don't know. I should know that. Yeah, I should on, know Christine. Tony Hale's detailed um, awards. I actually I saw him at Atlanta Airport once coming oh, off that's the plane. Fine. Yeah, great story. Buster. So you know, I I think he could win um, for that, and that maybe they'll acknowledge the show that way. Yeah, and that Fleabag could come out and win Best Comedy. We'll that would be see. amazing. Be yeah, amazing. But in the meantime, I think she will definitely win for writing because I think. Yeah. The other nominees are a couple, like, I think there's some Veep episodes that all, like, cancel each other out. Yeah. Uh, and I think they would just love to acknowledge her in this way. Her specifically. Yeah. And then Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, Half Hour, Tony Milner, who's the director of photography. Mm. And then there is one more, and it is not for Andrew Scott, who did not get nominated. I know, what a snub. That was, I mean, I oh, for Outstanding Comedy Series, obviously. So, um... Yeah, the fact that Andrew Scott didn't get nominated. And I had seen uh, Hollywood Reporter kind of predicting that he would not. Oh. Yeah, it was he was kind of always in the, like, long shot category. Yeah. And I think there were there's just too much competition. Yeah. I think between Veep, you know, Tony Hale and Veep, I think, uh, I can't remember if somebody else from Veep is nominated. But then, like, there's three guys from Barry. I mean, yeah, yeah three guys from Barry who are nominated. And Barry is Barry's fantastic. great. Yeah. Barry's fantastic. So... 
I think it was just crowded. Yeah. Which it was a real bummer. I would love, I don't know if they have been, they haven't really announced any presenters yet. There's yeah. no host for the show. They're kind of pulling They gave Oscar. up on that. They literally just gave up. Well, it's a, sh- it's a shitty About gig, time. Frankly. Yeah. Like, You're not going to do what, like people aren't going to like it. The Oscars last year were kind of great without a host. Yeah. It, it took really, the pressure off. I well, think. and it clipped along. It kind of just moved yeah. and yeah, it did take the pressure off. And like everybody said now, there's just like. Like, oh, this is how we do it now. Okay. Yeah. And I think they, it's like with cancel culture and with. Yeah. They're like, it's just a no-win proposition. Yeah. Like, totally. you can only hurt your career by doing it at this point. I don't know. Emmys are, I mean, yeah, Emmys are usually a little lower. Drunker? <laughs> well, the Golden Globes are the drunkies. Oh, no, that's the Golden Globes. Golden Globes are the drunker, Never the drunkies. Mind. But this is still usually a little more low-key, I feel like. Than yeah. The, certainly than the Oscars. Yeah, for sure. But we could see, they might present, Phoebe and Andrew might present, oh, and or. That would be fantastic. I, one side note I saw, uh, I just posted this clip this week of Bill Hader was on a serious um, radio show saying they were asking about awards and he was like, oh, I don't care. And cause he's Bill Hader and he's right. just like, of course he doesn't care. He's the coolest cool. dude. And they, he just mentioned, he's like, you know, a show like Fleabag, like that's just, he's like, he was such a fan of it. And, and he also mentioned Atlanta and he's like, you know, you watch these shows yeah. and you're just like, you know, I'd be glad to lose to these shows. Like, so what a guy he mentioned somewhere else too, that it was like one of the best things he'd seen. Um, I knew I liked him. He is just the, <laughs> the best. Stand-up man. So it's a week from Sunday. They are airing on Fox in the U.S. Um, not sure how they get carried in the U.K. For me, it's usually just a chance to, it's always a chance to get in pajamas at 6 oh, p.m. absolutely. And, or eat Chinese food. And, and then, then look at pretty dresses. Pretty dresses and, and you know, like I wonder what kind of humans. crazy cam he's going to have this year. Oh, God. They don't do the manicam anymore, oh, like we said. What are the, and they got to top get the GQ so awards with the... Pretty soon they're just going to put them in like one of those like Cirque du Soleil balls <laughs> and like roll them down the red carpet. And What's that'll that be called? Like, that's like a New Zealand... It's like the Fox roll cam. Wait, that's called something. <laughs> we're going to look it up. Yeah, we're... It's called like zonking or... Every person, it's they set up big bowling pins at the end and they roll a celebrity Whatever. down the red carpet. <laughs> That's what they'll do. And if you get a strike, you win the Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you would deserve it. So. Yeah. And Ryan Seacrest just stands there going, oh, great. Or you knock Ryan Seacrest down. There you go. <laughs> He's one of the bone pins. <laughs> anyway. Anyhow, it's going to be great. All right. We, enough nonsense. It is time. Today, we are talking about episode one. I did it again. I almost said episode one, season four. How wishful thinking is that? Season one, episode four. Uh, which is the silent retreat. So we will dig right into that after a quick break. Welcome back to the Fleabag situation. All right, we are ready to dive into episode four of season one, which is called episode four. It's written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, directed by Harry Bradbeer. And this is the classic Silent Retreat episode. So pumped. This, for me, just generally, this episode was a turning point for me. I don't know about you, but like, yeah. like I said, I tell people if they haven't, if they're watching season one and they're not totally loving it, I'm like, get to just the silent, at out. least get to the silent retreat. Yeah. And I'll, you know, we can talk more after that if you're still not feeling it. But no, there's something special about this episode. This episode really made me realize the show was more than I expected it to be. Yeah. And was kind of deeper than I expected it to yes. be. So we'll start talking about it. Uh, right. We start with 
Claire and, and Fleabag are in the car driving. Claire is driving. Being sisters. Being totally sisters. Claire is saying, like, nobody can hold a map in their head. Why are you not just using your sat-nav? I know. I was like, what is that? I guess it's GPS. Sat-nav is GPS it's in GP- British. Satellite navigation. Yeah. Makes sense. And, um... Which, it's, it's like a metaphor for their personalities. Because, like, Claire follows every direction. Fleabag just wings it. Yep. And somehow manages and to And she thinks she knows it. better. Right. So, as they're driving, Fleabag grabs the handle of the car. And Claire's like, stop judging my driving. Total sister-sibling yes. thing. Then, eventually, she's like, you missed the turn. You have a sat-nav on your phone. They finally find it. And I love how she goes, oh, there it is. Mindful. Oh, God. Farm. So good. <laughs> so good. And then my favorite is when she's like... Do you know what the lesbian app for grinder is called? Twat nav. <laughs> Genius. Well, and I love that she like, Fleabag just came up with that joke. Oh, for sure. And so that makes Claire laugh, who then transitions from laughing into full on crying. And I, I did not know what that was. I was just like, okay, she's Claire. She's weird. She's right. repressed. Maybe her emotions come out in weird ways. And then you pointed out like, no, she knows she got the Finland job. We know that later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, she's noticing... All these things about her life. Well, yeah, maybe when, that she'll miss. Yeah, and she's like, "Don't make this fun, right?" And like, I, I need to just be convinced that nothing in my life is fun, and therefore, moving to possibly moving to Finland is fine, right? But we don't know that yet. We right. just think something's up, right? I did. I also like that. So when Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Vicky Jones had their dry right um, mm-hmm. production company, and they had these like monthly artist or writers events. They would do these prompts like to make the audience feel one way and then mm. immediately make them feel the other way. And Claire's just example, exhibit A right. of that. She goes from laughing and you're, and I was like, oh, she's laughing. Yay. She genuinely, They're having a moment. Right. She can relax. And then just sobbing. Right. You're like, oh no, it's Claire. She's, and, she's insane. And laughing can do that sometimes yeah. if you're like trying to keep something down. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I remember when I came back from maternity leave. I don't know if I ever told you this story. I came back from maternity leave and it, it wasn't even so much laughing. It's just like when you're trying not to cry. Oh God, I hate that feeling. And any kind of emotion then like cracks it. And I had come back from maternity leave and it was my first day and I was kind of just ignoring everybody because I was just like, keep it together, keep it together. <laughs> and I passed this guy, Brad, and he's like, um, how you doing? Oh, how you doing? And I literally just was like, fine. And I went into my boss's office and I just was like, I was doing fine. And then Brad asked how I was. And, and like, sobbed. I just started sobbing. Aww. And she was like, what did he say to you? I'm like, he just asked how I was doing. <laughs> he just reminded me that I have feelings. That I feel bad. Yeah. And um, there definitely is that feeling when you are trying so hard not to cry yes. or you're trying to bottle something up. Yes. And I also thought it was interesting how in season two, Claire is like, there's, that seems to be a soft, a sore point too of like, I can be funny too. Or yes. like, she doesn't like when Fleabag's too funny. So it was, again, it's almost like, oh, don't actually be funny. I want to not think that about you. Right. I'm okay. I'm fucking okay. I'm excellent. (laughs) As mascara is like pouring down her face. Oh, clearly. Okay. Yeah. I know I seem mental, but I'm fine. (laughs) At least, you know, at least she's self-aware. Right. And then such a sister's moment of like, they know each other so well. And she's like, sometimes I need you to not just like take the piss. Don't finish my sentences. Take the piss. Like, it's exactly perfect. what I was going to say and then while she, she can't, was driving. She can't let her flea bag cannot let Claire have the last word. Right. She like she does, but then she says it to us. To us. Because right. she can't just let it. And hang. just also showing like, I know her so well. Right. Then asks like, is it something with Martin? And when she's like, Martin's being lovely. Like the look on her face 
to say like her husband's being nice to her. It's, surprise. it's such a shock. And you know, you wonder, is he making up for a guilty conscience? Oh, yeah. like, knowing what he did for at the sure. party, trying to like be convinced that his marriage is great. Exactly. Here, Claire has finally kind of opened up a little and then Fleabag looks at us. She's like fucking psycho, which in a way is almost like why people don't open up exactly. about their problems. Cause they assume you think you're a, a psycho. So we get the little jazzy music. Now they're walking up to this amazing... I mean, this looks gorgeous. I actually kind of want to know where this is. Yeah. It's pretty it's amazing. It's like the um, Downton Abbey... Yes. Spa. Spa. If Downton Abbey had a spa, it yes, would be this. Yes, it would. It really would. And when she goes, Dad really splashed it out this time. <laughs> which we have some references that he's got some money. Yeah. They never really... They've never said what he did or what no. his, his career was. Certainly where they live is very nice. Yes. So Dad has money. Yeah. Dad clearly has some money. And a guilty conscience. Right. For not he must being be able to connect About to do something awful. understand his daughters. Yeah. But then she said, no, it's just Mother's Day, which Claire has, seems to have forgotten. Um, and I, I can say from experience, like when you lose your mom, Mother's Day is the worst of the days. Because even like family days, like her birthday or like the anniversary of when she died, like those things only we know about. But man, Mother's Day is like you go to buy, you know, some milk and eggs. It's everywhere. And it's like, happy Mother's Day. It just reminds you and hits you over and over. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was fitting, I thought, that they incorporated that into here of yes. like... That Real, he would be yeah. conscious of, like, it's Mother's Day, so I need to do something for them and send them to a place where they cannot speak to each other. <laughs> Poor Danny. But here's the thing again, and I, I've said this about season two when he gives her the counselor voucher, which we'll get to, but in a way, this actually was good for the two of them. Oh, yeah. Like, he kind of almost stumbles, you know, they accidentally into good parenting. Bonded. Yeah. This, this wasn't actually a completely left field kind of thing yeah and then but they even joke like we're not supposed to bond on this are <laughs> exactly. we exactly and again they always have to undercut like the real feelings with a joke and then you know it's a silent retreat we find out that they're you know they're not going to talk at all and then even when she's kind of tries to be like how's everything at the cafe she's like you don't have to thank and you and then she says thank you thank you like they just know and i feel like they're also just starting to not have the energy to keep up appearances yeah. anymore enough like, with the pleasant and in a way like that's closer to say like we don't have to talk like it doesn't yeah. mean they don't love each other. But you don't you have know. to have the small talk. Small exactly. talk is right. you don't know each other very It'd be well. better to have silence than to just make small talk. Yeah. So they, I love that they greet everyone loudly. That's, I mean, I, I think Fleabag <laughs> leads it. But then Claire starts purchasing the, hello, hello, good morning, good morning, hello. And everyone's just like silently nodding and like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I love when they ring the doorbell and Claire just, again, needs this retreat oh more than God. anybody. She cannot Zero handle herself. It's like five seconds between ringing the bell and nobody's coming and she's just like, oh. And then this little nod, wink or something of, of uh, Fleabag going, they're probably going to think we're a couple. And she's like, oh. And, you know, we'd make a really good couple. It's like the thought, the fact that your mind even goes there. But then I feel like it is like that love story between them. They, like, yeah. the only person I'd run through an airport for is you. Exactly. Off camera, you just hear slots. And her response turning on, yes. Like without without <laughs> blinking an eye. That's one of my favorite like bits of the whole yes. series. Because it's also for her like, oh, now this place got interesting. Right. Right. Oh, for, seriously. Like, yeah. oh, God, I'm not going to be in silence with a bunch of women. There are actually some like really foul men yeah. here. And like, now I'm what like, what the excited. fuck is actually going on? Right. It's such a good juxtaposition. It's so stupid. Which she kind of then verbalizes <laughs> when Claire goes like, we're going to die here. We're yeah. going to be raped and die. And Fleabag's like, every cloud. Ugh, which was like... <laughs> like, this, that would be the highlight of I the uh, scenario for me. Yikes. And then 
similar i feel like there's a parallel here with season two and when they come over it's like how is everything or when claire's like oh the sauce is awful. oh yeah to the waitress how's everything it's delicious and so it's like open the fucking door it's been fucking for ah like the door opens really and, beautiful ground beautiful but the, again and, they're talking and t- like they know they're going against what they're supposed to do they're yeah. like to- they can't like just follow the rules and then the woman signing them in I just we've we've seen this woman like even if you just go get a massage mm-hmm. that like hushed tone she's just so at peace she's with herself and I heard on that same interview about season one that Phoebe was saying with a feminist lecture she kind of wanted to show that you can show things that are the thing itself is actually good like it's obviously good to support feminism but you can also acknowledge that there are elements of it that are either boring or condescending or just kind of awful yeah and well I think she's making a point of like in every she's an imperfect feminist and yeah. there's imperfect yeah, yeah. feminism and all you can do is try your fucking best well and there's also just you still have people underneath right. it who have their right. own flaws and i don't know i just felt, kind of felt that here and then the fact that the two of them b- both don't really want to be there oh, and this God. woman's acting just like you're like you're welcome i like how there's a sign in the office that says talking zone like that's where they're allowed it's like treating them like children right like the women I don't know. It's really comparing women to like little children, yeah. not letting them speak, like really reprimanding them, all that right. stuff. Right. Right. And Claire's asking, do you have Wi-Fi? She has no plans to unplug <laughs> it all. Claire has no idea what this Two is Two single beds are a double and they both answer at the same time. Of course, Claire says two singles and Fleabag answers double, trolling Claire totally and like playing to this idea that they're a couple. Do you get newspapers? In the- oh, and then Claire even asked for a separate room. Yeah. Like, she is so, like... <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And then, no, you have to do that. Well, then singles. And do you get newspapers? Is there any way for me to disengage from this? Yes. Like, I don't want to really focus here at all. And then I love when when Fleabag kind of mimics the woman's prayer hands and, like, bows <laughs> a little. Like, I'm just like you. I get it. Yeah. And what's funny here is, like... Fleabag's actually kind of following the rules a little more. Yeah. But she's doing I it mean, in a way... it's tongue-in-cheek. It's very tongue-in-cheek, but right. And they're talking about reading the news and I like Fleabag's thing about like, oh, what happened in the news? Sting wore white jeans and the <laughs> puppy got stuck in a fan. Which I enjoyed that Claire like really laughs at that. Yeah. Like she that, thought that was funny. You can see like there's a smile. I thought that was cute. Yeah. And now Claire has brought this like pharmacy oh of beauty supplies with her. And I, I like the juxtaposition here again of Fleabag has like one thing for her arms a and her, her face and her body. cream. For my face and body. I know. And... Which Claire probably looks at that and is like, you're not taking care of yourself. But then there's also a little bit of like an effortlessness that Fleabag seems to have. Yeah. And even though Fleabag looks at Claire of like, wow, she just is so beautiful and like has all her act together. But at the same time, would never want to like go through all that. Right. I also was like, Claire, you're the one that can't wait to get old and you're like obsessed with preserving. She doesn't want to get physically old. Yeah, no, totally. She mentally. (laughs) She wants to to look hot. Yeah. And then what would you do if somebody stole all those? I'd kill myself. <laughs> then Fleabag finds the tiny batteries. Tiny batteries. What are these for? And I love, again, this knowing, like, and then I've only seen them used for alarm clocks and remote controls like pretending and vibrators. It's not also, she's like, I'm just prepared. Like, yeah. What? And also, why not just put the batteries in the vibrator to begin with? Yeah. Like, what? Well, maybe she well, wouldn't have been a joke run them down. It wouldn't have been a joke. And Yeah. <laughs> That if Claire didn't have to ask for a, a separate room, she wants to have a wake, she can give her some space. I love how mortified Claire is oh God, she by this handle whole it. scenario. She's not used to talking so casually about sex and then just being honest. And that the fact that her sister is the one like mm-hmm. witnessing all this and driving it is uh, 
is just mortifying her. And then she goes, you're so immature. <laughs> it's like Claire's the one who was being totally embarrassed by the idea of sex. I also love that Fleabag's like, I'll go if you need room, if you need time. I'll yeah. go moisturize my wrists for a bit. For, for like everybody minutes. Everybody's obsessed with moisturizing very specific That's parts true. of their bodies. I didn't even catch that. But that was like <laughs> with the dry forearms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll just go do that for 10 minutes. Although she does do something else. Well, that's funny. Minutes. Yeah. Then Claire starts to go to the bathroom and she's like, oh, give it a minute. And she's so just, dis- and like, when I mean, you've been on a trip, like the fastest way to bond someone you're sharing, bond with someone you're sharing a hotel room with <laughs> is to acknowledge that that is a thing that's going yes. to happen. It, people are people. Yeah. I actually was staying with someone who was like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to go down to the lobby. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, well, I just, I kind of have to go. And I was like, it's fine. We, everybody does that. Yeah. I'll go moisturize my wrists for oh a my bit. Oh my God. It's funny when she's like, what is wrong with your inside? Like, even the fact that Fleabag's shit stinks yes. is a judgment from Claire. Well, because Claire d- Claire probably would like to believe she doesn't shit. Or she doesn't that, fart. Well, she doesn't so. fart. And that it just, you know, comes out like in a neat little package with exactly. a, a bow on it. They're so. also, like, yelling at each other in right. the silent retreat. <laughs> That's true. It hasn't started like, yet. Straight up yelling. They're still in the talking zone. <laughs> And then we see the flashback now with Boo taking the batteries out of the uh, hotel alarm clock yeah. and Fleabag is just openly holding a vibrator. So cute. And it's another contrast of how her relationship with Boo is in a way more sisterly oh, totally. and open and honest than what she has with Claire. Absolutely. So then we open with them in this like big meeting room. They're starting the retreat and this woman very serious fancy woman yeah well and there's the at the end of the flashback there's vo that kind of covers the end of it that says let go of your past yes and they come back and fleabag goes bit on the nose yes. which is a little meta yeah from Cause phoebe because it is and <laughs> like that's another moment where i was kind of like, i mean i guess it was a good line and it kind of winks to the fact that like i'm talking directly to you right and i, I know well and her on. whole thing is her past you know like you can't ignore that right um, so yeah, this woman's like setting up this retreat. Exactly. So she goes, welcome to the female only breath of silence retreat. And then there's just a man <laughs> sitting there. And I'm like, like that was amazing comedy. This is perfect comedy. But like, what, how, what, <laughs> how did he get how? in there? Why? But, yeah. Cause he's not quite in focus, but you just yeah. see that there's a man there. <laughs> and then um, the name of it is women don't speak. I, know, I love that. Which the seminar, the feminism seminar was women speak. Oh. Like what do women do? And then PWB or Fleabag is so upset when he leaves. When the yeah, man, he's like, I think I'm like, supposed to be over there where they're yelling fucking sluts. <laughs> yeah, it's like shame. Oh, God. Uh, and then when the instructor's like, why are you here? And she has the perfect She has response. this perfect answer. I want to shut the noise out on the road to feeling more at one with myself. And it's kind of like when she's at the counselor and yes. gives her the perfect answer about who she is. Even though in a way it's like, both things are true. Yes. She's just saying them in a way that because she knows that's what she's true. supposed to say, and she'll get a good response from right. it. Right, that's what they want to hear. Yeah, and then I love this weekend is about being mindful. It's about leaving your voice inside <laughs> your head and trapping your thoughts in your skull. <laughs> you know, think of it as a thought prison in your mind. <laughs> Which honestly, though, that is Fleabag's life. She's in a thought prison. That's true. In her mind. Yeah, she like. It has an incredible inner life. That nobody else that knows. That no one knows about except for us. That's a really great point. And the idea that women, everything just needs to stay inside. Right. Don't let it yeah, out. It's at, so much so it's a prison. Thought prison in your mind. 
As opposed to where, like, as opposed to where else. Yeah. And she's describing what they're going to do, like the breathing, meditation, menial tasks. And then they lay the groundwork of, if you need to talk to anyone, write on this board. And yeah, they ignore, like, what if there's an emergency? Yeah, which I think you should probably address, but that's fine. I also thought it was funny that they call the staff superiors. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just getting right down to it. Right. This condescending They're better than you. Because they've found peace and enlightenment. So much so that they work here. And then we see Fleabag on the ground trimming grass and looks at us because this is just her hell. Not only having to stay silent and be part of this, but now do menial tasks. grass with tiny scissors. That's actually my nightmare, honestly. I mean, I understand the premise of it that you get to by focusing on. Because we all have, sometimes when I'm trying to write and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I need to just like like fold laundry because totally. i just need something mindless but that's at least productive maybe <laughs> actually i've if you've taken a look at my yard i could do with some <laughs> tiny some trimming tiny scissors. scissors what if my neighbors just saw me out there on my <laughs> knees just like trimming weeds like, with a nail scissors i'm meditating <laughs> i'll just and then i just look at them and i just go <laughs> that's my new way to like, i'm in my thought prison stop talking to neighbors that, uh, oh that bother God. me i'm kidding i love my neighbors they're the best <laughs> We see the woman oh in the God. background swatting the insect. I mean, this episode is just, it feels like everything starts to gel in yes. terms of like comedy and and heart and drama and character. Everything is so perfectly thought it out. It really kind of, like she's, yeah. off, she's off in the background. This woman is running after, there's like a bee. <laughs> just, you see her just swatting at something and she can't scream. She can't no. say anything. She gets shushed. And even when she kind of goes, Ooh, like just a quick, she's been stung by a bee. I know. And someone's like, shh. Ugh. So then we hear, <laughs> it's such a good juxtaposition, slag, slag. and I, Fleabag's like, oh, I want to know what's going on Yeah, I also think it's funny that these two seminars have been scheduled next to each other on the same weekend. It's absurd. Uh. <laughs> and it's also, it's like, women have to listen to all this shit being said about them and they can't say anything. Well, in the fact that the women's way to improve is to stay silent and keep your thoughts inside. Yep. And the way for men to improve is to shout as loud like as they scream can. scream yeah. at a sex doll. I would love to see the inverse of of those things. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so she walks toward it. You just hear a bitch, fucking bitch. <laughs> and normally it would be scary, but... I would not like, walk towards I'm... that. <laughs> Fleabag's like a magnet. It's like... She really... She yeah. loves trouble. Like a moth to the flame. Yeah. And we've kind of learned that this is a summoner called Better Man... That's about uh, reprogramming your body, mind, and mouth. <laughs> and I love that all the dummies are blow up, <laughs> are blow up like sex dolls. Yes, dressed like they professional all have, business. Yeah, women. well, they all have different wigs and faces. Yeah, but they're all dressed like mid-level managers, <laughs> and like just a you know sensible blouse and right, skirt. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so, so this is Patricia. Yes. Hi, Patricia. <laughs> And they said of this scenario, she's been promoted over six other candidates. She's the youngest to ever have this position. And the idea that, like, men have to be trained on how to handle like this. Like, the basics of... But you know what, though? I mean, they might have to. Some <laughs> well, these of guys, them. At least these guys. Yeah. But clearly, there's something going on. And I, I think setting this up is why the payoff with the bank manager, I yes. think, works so well. Because I'm getting ahead, but... She had said in interviews that she didn't want this to come off as like man bashing, like because it's a female driven show and she's got this feminist angle. She was like, I consciously did not want it to be like all the men were bad. Yeah. So the idea that these are kind of the more caricature 
misogynist. Yeah, like you know this isn't representing. Guys. All, yeah. Right. So then, not all men. Okay, Chris. <laughs> hashtag. But then when you get to this great moment with the bank manager, it just adds that nuance to yeah. it. You're like, oh, he's a person. Yes, yeah, th- more three dimensional. Yeah. Actually, when they are talking in that men's seminar, if you look closely in the background, you can see bank manager there, but you're kind of distracted by the guy who's been told to yell. Sl- he's yelling slut because that is machine. distracting. Yeah, and it's almost like a magic trick. It's like this yeah. misdirection. Yes. And then so the leader goes, what should we say to her? And they're like totally quiet. Yeah. And the bank manager is the only one with the balls to be like, well done, Patricia. Like they all had to think about it. And then right at that moment, he sees Fleabag. Yeah. Well, he also says it kind of sadly. Yeah. Well done, Patricia. Because I think he, because he later says he's like, I'm just a disappointing man. And I think he's like, God, has it come to this? Right. Like, right, right. We see the flashback. You know, he sees her. We see the flashback to identify who he is. Yes. And he gives her the weirdest creepy side smile. Like, he's clearly like, what the fuck are you doing here? But his smile. Well, I think he's like a little bit like, I think uh, I remember you. And then like. Yeah. Maybe still remembering the awkwardness of that exchange. Yeah, and not ideal. This guy who runs over is like, you can't be here. You really can't be here. It's for your own good. Like, she, you're like you really might be in danger. Because like, they're working them up. Oh, for sure. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't seem ideal for a woman. I think it's yeah. funny that she's like hiding behind this door with windows in it. Like she's like, there's this one panel. And if I like, stand Are still, you... they won't yeah, see me. Exactly. Like, do you think you're going to fit? Yeah. Not? Okay. Like she's a iguana or something. <laughs> like she can just chameleon. blend in. Um, okay. This moment, they cut back to the room. She's walking back into the room. <laughs> and in the background, you see the chalkboard. I've been stung by a wasp. <laughs> All in caps. All in caps. Because she is yelling. <laughs> She's trying to yell that she's been stung by a wasp. It's even funnier that it's not a bee. I don't know why wasp is a funnier it's word. It's all, it's so good. And this is the moment that I feel like converts a lot of my friends. Like this is the text message I get. Yeah, ditto. If they're watching it, it's just all cats. I've been stung by a wasp. This is, this, what, this is what makes this episode my favorite of season one. It's, yeah. I feel like at this point, I mean, it's it's been funny, but I feel like this is the most like kind of a like genuine like this feels more Silliness. like a comedy at this point yeah. than than the the previous episodes. Totally. So then they're doing this mirroring <laughs> exercise, which is Claire's actual version of hell. Totally on every level. <laughs> like yeah, like these. Not only does she have to touch somebody, but she has to touch her sister, who she like doesn't trust if she washes her right. hands after she uses the bathroom. Exactly. Um, and just her and the way she can't resist letting out that. Oh my god, I know. It's Which like is, it's a full body shudder. It's a full body shudder. And it's also Fleabag's reaction to Martin every time. You're she right. Sees, it's my just, reaction. She to literally acts like she just touched like a slug or something. She's like, yeah. like so she gross. Or maybe she, like she just touched Martin. Honestly. So we flash oh, to now we go room. right now it's bedtime and you know Fleabag's asking if she's all right and she's like, talk to me. And then Claire brings up this childhood memory of, do you nice. remember when we used to go top to toe? Yeah. And Fleabag kind of looks at her like, that's so weird. And I, I I, just love kind of that Claire is, again, if she's feeling like she might be leaving, she's probably feeling nostalgic. Yeah. And this idea of like almost reminding of a time when they were closer. Yeah. But then Fleabag rejects that, actually. Yeah. Like she's like, just don't, okay? So I don't know what, I don't know. Like we're not going to do that. Right. She really does not want to bond. She's like, do right. not entertain this idea. Yeah. And then reveals, again, kind of brings it back to a sex joke, reveals that she found the vibrator. Like slips it out like a worm, like slowly creeping. It just like comes up under, from under the covers. Yes, it's ridiculous. And it's like just that bright metallic pink. I'm oh just checking God. it's working. Oh, it's working. It's definitely working. It's like, well, it is relentless. 
So it's kind of funny that she acknowledges that, like, she's using it. Yeah, I thought that was. And like, then even okay. says, like, it's actually a really thoughtful present. Thank you. And just, like, it goes back to what Fleabag told Martin of, like, get her something she'd never get for herself. And the yes. fact that, that she noticed that that was something Claire was telling her. Yeah. And then she brings up Martin buying the sculpture and says, like, he must have bent over backwards to get something like that, which shows she appreciated the effort right. that he put into it, right. which was none. Which we know was right. none. Right. But clearly that's out of character for him. So it was right. like significant enough to make this gift really special for right. her. Right. She didn't even care about what it actually was. No. She just did appreciate that was, he went to effort. Right. But then I feel like that's when... Well, then she says, I feel very lucky. Yeah. And that's when Fleabag's like, I can't... Because then it's like, I'm lying to you. Yeah, like, I, I can't am let actually you just lying to you. Right. Function over. Not only that she's lying, but also Martin. Yeah. Kind of can't let him have that. No. That <laughs> if true. she thinks that Not he like did a moral something thing. good. <laughs> <laughs> and so then she tells her, you know, Fleabag comes clean and tells Claire, you know, she stole it from Godmother. Please don't put it pride of place. When they come over. Which I thought when she's like, what did she say? I have to tell you something or something like that. I yeah. thought she was going to say Martin tried to kiss her. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yes. And then you're like, oh, no, there's this other thing. There's this other thing actually. that it's stolen. Right. Exactly. And what she's really disappointed by. And so then Claire just goes, right, and turns out the light. And it's like double disappointment. Fleabag has stolen something and is just living up to her image in Claire's eyes. Also, she realizes Martin put absolutely no thought into the gift. Yeah, and that's. Sucks. And that is a disappointment now. So lights out. Yes. Fleabag wakes up to this clanging sound and sees that it's 6 a.m. Claire's already up and making her yeah, bed. That's <laughs> real nice. Because her thing is, yeah, like the sooner we get out and. Um, Which I didn't get because it's like, no, it's probably like well, 6 a.m. still going to end a certain right. time. Yeah. <laughs> Fleabag gives her that like, nope, stay quiet. Um, just kind of shushes her. And I love when she goes, that's a really nice outfit. Which really later, they're almost kind of wearing the same thing, but but like Claire's is a little nicer. Yeah. And she knows what Claire wants to hear. She knows how to flatter her. Totally. Yeah. And now she's, the instructor is telling them, delve into your past, think of something you can't let go of, and lets Fleabag know she's watching her and she's supposed to have her eyes closed. Mm -hmm. But Fleabag doesn't want to close her eyes because she doesn't want to be alone with these actual thoughts. And the instructor says like, you know, a moment of noise, a moment of disruption. And I actually really like that metaphor because that's... That's what it is. It's she she wants to just be following one path with her thoughts and just mm. like keep moving forward. And it's this noise mm-hmm. that keeps, you know, clanging in yeah. her head. Right. And almost like a moment of disruption just in her overall life. Yeah. Like things were going along fine and then these two events have hit her and just like thrown everything Absolutely. off kilter. Then when she does close her eyes, we get this flashback of a close-up of a woman undoing a man's pants. And so we know why she's been resisting closing her eyes but even then it's still not clear what what that is no i mean there's not even a connection to boo it's just something happened crotch something happened sexually with her and there's this weird moment and then she just looks at us as like not for now yeah and it's also like she doesn't want to think about it as a character but she's also just not going to let us us in on it just yet yeah and i actually i thought it was interesting is because she she like also doesn't want to give it to them. Like this is the place <laughs> where she's supposed to be peaceful and zen yeah. and think about her feelings. And she's like, fuck that. Like, right. no, I'm it's not, not giving working. this to you. I don't have control here. I'm not giving into the authority. Like I'm playing you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Then they flip it and say, well, now think of a moment you were peaceful. And she thinks of boo, of course, Obviously. and asking if you could change anything in the world, what would it be? And boo says my thighs. 
Don't tell is, anyone I said Don't tell anyone I said that, which is like them at the feminist yes. seminar saying they would trade five years for the perfect body. Exactly. And Fleabag says she's insecure about her face. And then this is also like when they were in the dressing room and Boo saying like, no, seriously, there's nothing wrong with your nose. That's perfect. And just her face, I always say the wrong thing. You just want to snuggle her. Yeah. And they, and that's, again, a judgmental kind of thing or like a criticism in a way, but it's not a criticism. No. It's just two loving friends who are just like, they don't care about each other's flaws. Exactly. I also like that they're in the bed together. Yeah. Like they're just hanging in their yeah. most comfortable selves. Totally. And it also reflects on like Claire did not want to get a bed together. You know, like that. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, right. What's the difference think of that. here? Yeah. That's a great point. That it, that Fleabag and Boone would have shared a bed. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. But then, and then at the end, Fleabag and Claire Spoon, and like, they do share their bed. It is sweet. Anyway. Then Um, they're eating at this giant table, and Fleabag burns her mouth on the soup and shouts out, which is a normal thing you would do. Yes. And it is funny that she just goes, hot. Yes. Like, that's a theme. Little theme about saying the word hot. They're polishing the floor, and now this is another funny moment with Claire, where it's almost out of character, mm-hmm. when Claire's like, I don't even do this in my own home. She probably has help. I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, her floors are sparkling. Don't worry. Oh, they're clean. She didn't do it. <laughs> and Fleabag's saying, we've paid them to let us clean their house in silence. And Claire just lets out this guffaw. Can't help it. And then immediately starts It's like sobbing. the dam breaks. Like, once she shows she... some emotion, it's right. she's gone. She's Everything's... Gone Everything's right at the surface. Now, kind of like you said, being treated like children, they're in the yep. the um, instructor's office. I didn't want to come on you like school, like a school teacher, which she totally is. Yep. Tells them to sit in silence for an hour together. Can you imagine? No. And also, I for like two and a half seconds, you're like, oh, oh, maybe they're gonna do it because they kind of sit to themselves, right? And then nope. And they've actually been told don't talk to each other. Yeah. Which is actually what inspires them to open up. Yeah. Fleabag just implores Claire to talk to her, says she'll scream if she doesn't, like almost starts to do it. Claire finally opens up that she got the Finland promotion, isn't going to take it. And, oh, I like that Fleabag at first acts like she doesn't know what she's talking about. What promotion? (laughs) And Claire kind of believes her. She's like, yeah, like she just expects it. Like, how can you not know? I know about it. And then will that mean you're a millionaire now? Would she say, uh, don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) Yes, it would. But she's going to turn it down because Martin says it would be unfair to Jake. And we haven't really heard much about Jake up till now. No. And Fleabag explains that Jake is Claire's stepson, which again must mean that uh, Martin has a previous marriage. Yeah. And it's frustrating because like you were, we were talking before, like when it's a woman's ambition. Yeah. She's reminded of all the other people it would affect. Exactly. Like who has your child, who has your child right now? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Exactly. So Fleabag is explaining that Jake is, is Claire's stepson. Really weird. Probably clinically. Nobody talks about that because nobody in this family talks about anything. No. Freaks out if she's gone longer than a day. And then we get this flashback <laughs> about him trying to get into the bath. And it's just like the side of him it's and like these kind of little the, kid boxer yeah. briefs. Yeah. Not even, but yeah, they're just briefs, yeah. I think. And, and the way the door opens and she's in the bath. And I laughed so <laughs> hard at this scene. And I thought that it would be... Like Archie. Well, I just... <laughs> Thought it would be like a little kid. Yeah. But yeah, I, there was something about it that I was like, this is slightly creepy, but not disturbing. Like there's something just weirdly, com- it was a combination of like strangely creepy, but sweet yeah. and like a little like innocent and like silly and her mortified face. 
but she wasn't like in danger. She right. just was kind of like, I I'm just want to be alone, bath. really. But yeah. like, no, no, Jake. But then, then you think, yeah, you think it's like an eight-year-old boy or something, and she's like, he's fifty. Oh God, which is a whole <laughs> other level. So that is a little, little much. But she's like, you have to, you know, you have to go to Finland. It's what you've always wanted: power suits, fuckload of snow. <laughs> It's the perfect place for your cold, cold heart. And Claire like is like, I know. Right. <laughs> Doesn't disagree that exactly. she has a cold, cold heart. Exactly. And, you know, Fleabag says, don't let other people get in the way of what you want, which is just yeah. what women do. Yeah. She kind of peppers this, obviously, with just great life advice. And have you ever read The Five Regrets of the Dying? Yeah. It's this hospice nurse who summarized, like, what her patients have said to her. I think about it all the time. Yeah. And, like, all the time. <laughs> and... And one of the themes was I let other people determine how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's poignant that she's saying on a just human level, like, do something you want to do. But also, yeah, from a, like a feminist angle of you have worked your ass off for this. Right. And like, go get it. Right. It's not he's not even your son. Like, well, he's he's your stepson, but it's not even right. like some little kid. Yeah. Who At she the needs same- to take care of. At the same time, I do, I, when she goes, you know, my husband isn't other people. And I do kind of see, this is where Phoebe's so great as a writer, because you can take a scene from any character's perspective and see yeah. why they might be right. And in this case, it's like, yeah, Fleabag has never had that level of a relationship. She is used to people just kind of being disposable. Right. So even at the same time, you know, uh, Claire has earned this. She does have her, I mean, there are... She does have people who care about her and who she cares about ostensibly. Yeah. And it is it is a different thing to say, well, I'm going to move away from my husband and a child. Right. I mean, he's a teenager, but... Still. Still. And it's, it's, and it's Martin, but still. <laughs> it's, it is Martin. So you, they both kind of have a point, which yeah. I think is good. However, then Fleabag has to be like, yo, no. <laughs> and tells her <laughs> about Martin. Right. You, you're under, you're operating it. under a false image right. of Martin. Right. And she just she has to tell her and and Claire that like Claire's like did he like she kind of pressed me the truth I think she knew the truth and just needed to confirm it yeah sometimes that's just your first reaction yeah is just to like question something although she does know Fleabag's capable of lying so I think right. she really had to kind of press her she leaves we see Fleabag return to their room and hear slots again followed, followed by, by applause <laughs> they're like good job you're an asshole. And again, they have no qualms about ruining the sign. Here she's trying to have like a genuine, thoughtful moment, and it's interrupted by that. Um. <laughs> and and yeah. I love that she confessed that, like Martin tried to kiss her, and then she's mm. she gets called the, the slut. next thing she's she hears. The, slut. the next thing she hears is slut. Yeah, like hmm, never heard that before. So she sees them all outside by um, out by the bonfire where they're all yelling sluts, and then everyone's <laughs> applauding, and I don't know if they're throwing something into the bonfire. <laughs> And bank manager, they finish up and he's like, everybody, it's great. And they're all Sorry, starting to walk Patricia. back. Sorry, <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And the bank manager, it's just the way he's carrying this doll. <laughs> and he sees Fleabag. And the instructor tells him, like, go on. You, you can do it. And I wonder if he had brought up that story to yeah. that group, or at least to the instructor. Or if it's just like, go on, there's a woman. <laughs> it's a woman. You can do it. Right. You can talk to a woman. So now we get to this just incredibly beautiful scene with Fleabag and the bank manager sitting together smoking and this within this episode which was a turning point this scene was a turning point yeah because it a the fact that she brought him back a character you thought was just there for like a quick joke yeah brought him back 
made him sympathetic. Yep. Showed forgiveness to him. And then, like you said, gave her a platonic relationship. Which she's literally never had with a man. Never with a man. That we know of. And then just his actual speech is just so moving. And the music is gorgeous. <sighs> and I just really, after that scene, I was like, this show is something special. And I, my friend who had told me to watch it, I texted her and I was like, oh my God. And she's like, washing a cup and watching my wife drink from it. Like, it just, it was so it was beautiful, unbelievably gorgeous. Because that is, that's the simple stuff is just, you want, he wants to be able to just live his normal life. Yeah. And that's where it went from, okay, we're making men a joke and everybody's just, you know, yelling sluts to this really like flawed man who similarly with the priest, like they do have a a connection in some way, Mm -hmm. but namely they're both flawed and they both are just kind of trying to figure out what went wrong Mm -hmm. in their life. And they're just going to maybe help each other. Acknowledging, like floundering it? through it, but yeah. they're they're trying at least, right? And he he had asked like if her business is surviving, and she says no. And it is interesting that she is keeping her mouth shut here, like she's, yeah, for she's the staying first... quiet, almost like she wants him to be the vulnerable one, like yeah. wants to hear his story. Yeah. And then yeah, when he says, "I'm a very disappointing man," I'm just a very disappointing man because he says he t- he touched a colleague's breast more than once, right? And then she she's like opens up yeah her whole body to like offer him her boob and it's kind of a joke (laughs) yeah yeah and and i don't know if it's meant to allude to this in the play there's kind of a more graphic and like disturbing moment with joe like the old guy where yeah yeah. she like takes her shirt off and like kind of off like offers herself to him and yeah it's kind of weird it's a different vibe i feel like totally and i do love his answer of like no thanks i'm trying to quit yeah that's really that was really cute and so his speech here where he says, they keep asking me, what do you want from this workshop? What do you want? I'm not telling them what I want, which I love that. I want to move back home. I want to hug my wife, protect my children, protect my daughter. I want to move on. I want to apologize to everyone. I want to go to the theater. I want to take clean cups out of the dishwasher, put them in the cupboard at home. And the next morning I want to watch my wife drink from them. And I want to make her feel good. I want to make her orgasm again and again. Truly, I like how he looks at her. Like, truly, like, believe me. Yeah, and like I want to be selfless. Like yes. I, you know, and and I think that piano music underneath it oh, is so yeah. gorgeous. And I actually keep thinking, like, I wish I could get it on like a. It probably is available it's probably somewhere. On Spotify. Yeah, and it's one of these scenes that I feel like makes production and writing like this look easy. Mm-hmm. It just feels effortless, and you know the writing, the acting, the music. It just all. And it could feels be like, oh, this this just happened and they just happened to record it. Yes, exactly. It could be like kind of lame and like too cheesy. Totally. And it is just not. It no. Is, it's so pure. It's really pure. Yes. And the the writing is just like clean and sharp. And like, I I feel like you take it for granted that she sat down and wrote this. Yep. And like people got together. Like, this they like so silly. They got together and they shot it. Like you just forget that this was kind of made up. Yeah. It just feels so authentic and so real. Exactly. And I also, in addition to him kind of having this like catharsis where he's like letting all the stuff out, that it's also a a hint of the kind of life she would like probably with a man someday. Mm -hmm. And her recognizing of like, it's these simple pleasures that are the things that you're going to appreciate. And even, you know, for her, sex is just this like tool to... That's just... A habit. A habit and like a tool to not, and like the idea of 
being with someone who you want to make the other person happy yeah is is different for her yes um totally it's just uh i wish this could have won an emmy like it it really is um um i can't think of a good (laughs) it's special it's yeah. peace. It's just like yeah. peace. I, I wish it could have won an Emmy because it, it feels like the high point of season one. I agree. And that once you get to this, you kind of make that turn where you're like, oh, this is not just this crazy, wild, you know, shocking woman for shock value. This has actual depth to it. Yeah. And everybody has a story and everybody has reasons. Yeah. And, and I think I think it's also that theme of forgiveness. Yeah. Because that is so much of what's missing now just in culture where this guy and especially, you know, not to get off on like a me too conversation, but there's a lot of people talk about like cancel culture and mm-hmm. can we talk about like how do these men kind of come back from this? Not saying that somebody who has like raped multiple women should should to, be yeah. just like back on CBS News or whatever. I don't think Charlie Rose raped women, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Matt Lauer might have. <laughs> yeah. But if I, I don't know, maybe this is a dangerous territory to go down. It's just more the idea that okay, in maybe in today's culture, this guy, as soon as you hear that story about him, you write him off completely. And here we're getting this idea that like he acknowledges he made a mistake, he feels bad about it, he wants to apologize. He's disappointed in himself. Yeah. He thought he was better. And the only way for somebody, like, nobody is perfect. Right. Everybody's going to fuck up at some point. And if we don't have a method of accept, like, if someone's willing to actually do the work and, in this case, genuinely show remorse, remorse, then, and, and, in humanity and live better moving forward right yeah and the fact that she even as a feminist you know in this character as a feminist is accepting of this and listening to this and you know yeah it just kind of it gave me a little hope i don't know it just it really it just felt like kind of like a balm to like a lot of these yeah um just some of the the division now yeah no i agree and then she decides this is the only time she's going to be vulnerable with someone other than her dad, that first episode, she, when she mm. says, I just want to cry all the time. And yeah. she has not, she's also, she, she's not speaking to us this whole time. Yeah, you're right. We are not Doesn't look involved at us. in this scene. We're just watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when she says that, and she doesn't even try to articulate what's wrong. Like when she talks to her dad, she kind of goes through this list of like, mm-hmm. my fear of all these things. And this is just like giving in of just like, I just want to cry. Like, I don't even know why but this is just how I'm feeling right now. And he gives her that little like stay silent, like zip your lips kind of gesture, but it's like a kind way. It's almost like Mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything else. You don't have to defend yourself. Not that she was going to defend herself, but it's almost like you don't enough. That's fine. You don't need to talk. And I just, I just love this relationship. And like it, again, like I said, it, it feels like the connection she kind of has with the priest later on Mm -hmm. a lower level, but the idea that you never know who's going to come into your life and who will change it. Right. I also, I saw him doing sort of the, uh, zip you the lips, uh-huh. a sort of being like your secret safe with me. Mm-hmm. Like I got you. And she does it to We're him on too. The same level here. Yeah, totally. I mean, who are they going to tell? Right, right. But I <laughs> saw that too. It is. It's a confidentiality and a trust. Exactly. Of and like, like sort of acknowledging we're, we're similar. We're on the same Island right. together. Like, yeah. And this is it. between us, right. which is, also, like, an emotional intimacy that she's not used to, even though it's platonic. Yes. Yes. 
now we see this just kind of <sighs> th- this little transition shot of like the sunshine or the sunset and the music and it's just gorgeous it's just kind of like a little breather from this they really do take care of us like they yeah. they you know we go through the ringer with her but then the music comforts you know like right. they they allow us to be comforted <laughs> and you it. and you also feel her healing a little yeah. bit you know there's just this kind of soothing nature to it fleabag comes back to the room at night and crawls into her bed first can't sleep and like you said eventually crawls into claire's bed and I keep coming back when I watch the show of like what a lesser show would do. And I thought, she, oh, they're going to go top to toe like when they were kids. Like referenced. Right. But that's a little on the nose, honestly. And but instead it's like, no, the, what's important is the relationship now. And just the fact that like they need each other. Right. So she gets behind her and they spoon. Well, and what's cute is that you, you know, you wonder like, is Claire going to like push her out right. or whatever? And Claire grabs her hand and pulls it around. And <sighs> they both are just kind of acknowledging like we're scared. Right. Heart melted. Something, but we're, we're both going through something. So we're we both have kind each of scared. other. Yeah. And then the next morning they cut to the exact same shot. This is another great editing in the direction where they cut to the exact same shot, but now it's morning. Claire's gone. And I felt like it's almost like they had an emotional one night stand where yeah. like Claire had to get the hell out of there. Right. <laughs> like, whoa, this got very real for a second. And then I'm confused by it because Fleabag sees the batteries, which is like cute. It's almost like an acknowledgement, but it's like, why did Claire leave? That? I think it was just a message. I think it was just like, bye. I think she was just saying goodbye. Yeah. And maybe you'll need these. Right. <laughs> oh, no. She doesn't need them. Fleabag knows where the reserves are. Yeah. Runs down to the group, and she's just forgetting the rules at this point. Of oh, like... I think she knows the rules. She oh, just... she knows the rules. That's what I mean. She's oh, just oh. like... Oh, throwing forget them. the rules. She's forgetting. Yeah. She's throwing them out the window and just saying, like, I haven't seen my sister. She didn't need to yell. Right. And I think she's also a little bit in a panic of, like, where did she go? Right. Like, right, like we were doing this together. We had this moment. I yeah. We had the we were the closest we've been since we were children. Right. And I woke up alone. Right. And she sees the note on the chalkboard, <laughs> which gone home, left money at reception, just needed a bit of quiet. Har, har, har. Away from this silent retreat. Right. But it also means the quiet is to get away from maybe having to confront these realities with Fleabag, mm-hmm. and kind of just quiet her mind from what Fleabag is bringing out. Exactly. Then she slouches down. No, am I crazy? No. She like reaches her hand down her pants. I'm like, is she like about to masturbate? What's happening? Does she have the burr with her? (laughs) She has the batteries. She pulls out her phone and even kind of looks at us like, maybe I know what you were thinking. Gotcha. Gotcha, It's my phone. And calls Boo's voicemail. Yeah. And we hear, which her message is so funny about, please leave me a messiago. And it's just that, Needed to hear that voice. Yeah, and in the play, she calls the voicemail a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she calls it multiple times. Yeah. And and I think it's because she's alone again. Like, yeah. I think she recognizes it was a really nice moment with Claire. But then to have that closeness and then to have it removed, it's yeah. like, then, you, then you're even more alone. Like, right. then you're, you right. realize what you lack. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so she, like... And, and also, she was in the bed with Boo in mm-hmm. that flashback. She, like, it's... It's all Claire, too right. real. It's all too similar. And then she turns to the camera and says, somebody should probably disconnect that. It's, you know, the reality of Boo being gone and maybe also a hint of her saying, I need to let this go. Yeah. Like somebody should disconnect that so I don't keep calling it. And which has been the theme of the silent retreat of like letting go of your past. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a little like at the end of the show when she waves goodbye to us. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, she needs to move on from actually 
being that you know clinging that close to to Boo's memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a this ending was so dramatic. I mean, yeah. it just you you're sort of lulled into this. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. No, I know it's the idea of like you think, oh, it's this funny retreat. Right. Because it, it's, it it's her whole thing. It's her whole thing about opening you up with humor and then right. hitting you in the heart, punching you in the heart, and. Yeah, you think it's this wacky, like, oh, these two at a silent retreat. And then it turns out to actually have this real resonance yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. But then it goes back to the hard guitar for right, the credits. Jumps out. Yeah. So it's almost we're a little back. like, well, we're not totally softening up here. She still has some stuff going on. Exactly. Um, and that's it. And I think what I, I, I think what works so well about this episode, too, is just the focus in one location. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not quite a bottle it's, episode. I was just going to say, it's a bottle episode. <laughs> it's not quite a bottle episode. But it is starting to maybe, it feels less fragmented in terms of like the number of characters and places we're going and scenes we're seeing. We're not like following her around London. Yeah. And, but it also works in terms of her development of like, she's maybe cutting out some of the the, the noise Mm -hmm. and trying to maybe just strengthen the relationships that are closest to her. Or realizing that she even can. Right. And needs to. Yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful episode. It really is. I think... Probably for me, the standout of, of season one. Agreed. Next up, we're going to get to season one, episode five, which is the memorial lunch for Claire and Fleabag's mom. And Godmother is breaking out the champagne. <laughs> As you do. And leaving the flowers on the doorstep. Yeah. Uh, it is. This is a great episode, too. I think, like we said, the, the ball's are really rolling. Oh, my God. Yeah. On the show. Absolutely. Um, and on the Fleabag situation. Yeah. So Yay. in the meantime... Break the fourth wall and get in touch with us. You can reach out via email at thefleabagsituation at gmail.com. Hit us up on our website, fleabagpodcast.com. Leave us a voicemail that we might include on our podcast at some point soon. Check out our Facebook group. Just Google or just type in <laughs> the Fleabag Situation. You can find us on Instagram at Fleabag Situation Podcast. Also, Chrissy is the queen of memes. I highly recommend checking out our Instagram. You, you will not regret it. Well, the memes are, it's just, they come out. They explode out. Well, and that's why, <laughs> and I haven't even done that many. I have, we should give a shout out to at Fleabag Memes. Yes. That just launched and they're fantastic. And then Andrew Scotty memes is also. It's inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, she, the one today, I don't know if you saw the, the at Fleabag memes, and it was uh, one of those like dual soda dispenser. It was like a soda dispenser. Oh, and it was someone it. hitting two at once going into a big cup. And it was like Andrew Scott content PWB. Or it was like, uh, oh, what was it? Like Andrew, w- Andrew Scott Instagram, Andrew Scott Twitter oh, or something. God. It's just all going like into Like all that. That's yeah. all I'm drinking. I totally mangled that. But it was very funny. And you should I follow that Fleabag you. I believe you. And then lastly, we are on Twitter at Fleabag Podcast. And of course... Please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Hit follow. Um, We'd also love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Rate us. That'll help other people find us and also let us know how we're doing. Um, And, you know, it makes our whole day. Next up is Season 1, Episode 5. We'll get chatty with you then. Bye, guys. Bye.